In this primer episode, we take a bit of a dive into our guest background, giving you a sneak peek into their origin story, as well as the challenges that they've faced and the things that drive them. If you enjoy what you hear, don't forget to listen to our main episode, which drops every Friday. And please do remember to like, subscribe, and rate us as it really helps with our discoverability. In today's episode, I'm super excited to have with me Marcus Love. Marcus co-founded Love Ventures in 2020 to partner with exceptional founders to help them realize their vision. Love Ventures specialize in fintech, prop tech, consumer tech at C to Series A uh, and UK only, at least for the time being. Marcus, wonderful to have you in the studio with me. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So we're going to do a bit of a quick fire. Um, for our audience, uh, what was your first job? So I started off uh, my career in Paris. Uh, I worked in a tech consultancy called Capgemini, obviously a, a big five consulting firm. I was seconded out to a company called Alcatel, which is a very big French telecoms company. Know them well. <laughs> uh, and I worked in their IT department on PC and network support. So it was a, a, a pretty basic job. Um, what was interesting is someone had picked up that I was speaking French, obviously working in Paris, but yeah. obviously I was uh, an English native speaker and they grabbed me pretty fast to put me on an international project. So I was quite fortunate in that I started traveling uh, around the world to places like Brazil, South Africa, et cetera, to implement a project because they'd seen that I spoke English in a French company. So that was a little bit of a lucky break, if you will. Amazing, I think telecom seems to be a good place. I, I, I was at Nortel, which is why I know Alcatel. Um, and uh, what did you do before you became a, a VC specifically? So after Capgemini, I went to a startup in 2000, became a start down, but I saw that whole dot-com <laughs> uh, boom and crash pretty up close, but it was very formative. I probably learned more in those sort of nine months or a year than I did in the preceding four years, which I think is uh, always the case. Yeah. Um, and after several sales roles, I moved back to London in 2005. I always wanted to work in the city, being a sort of center of finance and to get a good grounding, and I've worked in equity research sales and I worked for an independent uh, organization called William O'Neill because I never really wanted to be attached to a big bank. I wanted to be able to formulate my own views and advice for our uh, clients at the time. And I specialized in growth stocks. So I was mm. look, looking always for the next big uh, mega trend and specialized in things like SaaS and payments and e-commerce while all those companies were growing. And it, it was a great time to be doing it because I was doing it. Uh, I joined that company in 2011 oh, um, wow. and the market had bottomed in March 2009. Mm. So we went on a huge bull run through to recently November 21. And I spent a large swathe of that time in that, uh, in that business. Uh, and I was angel investing on the side and that grew bigger and bigger. And that's what led to me becoming a, a, a VC. Um, and just to delve into that, basically I, I, was, I was angel investing with my brother mm -hmm. um, and we brought others in in an angel syndicate it grew and grew and effectively that led to the formation of love ventures because we had co-invested with a number of individuals mm -hmm. at that point and in 2020 we said right let's start a venture capital firm with those co-investors as our first investors so in our fund one we had 54 investors we co-invested already with around 15 of them so they knew exactly who we were and what they were getting into yeah no it makes a lot of sense and what would you do if you if you weren't an investor today uh, that's a great question. I, I don't know. I, I, we as 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 we've been growing out our ecosystem, we've been doing events. So most recently, we had a, a paddle event with other VCs. Um, we've, we're aiming to do that for founders as well. That's something I enjoy doing. So maybe something towards ecosystem or 
uh, maybe a sporting element or even a charitable element. Nice. We, we're, we're cycling from London to Sydney over 25 years as part of a, a, a quite a large group. Um, and that is giving a lot back uh, to a school in particular in Uganda. So I guess giving back is something I'd like to do as, as, as I get a bit older as well. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there is... Uh, it's really bizarre. I think lots of people kind of spend a, a large portion of their, uh, of, of their early life chasing wealth and then uh, the latter portion giving it all away. Uh, at least, you know, certainly that's something that I would aspire to do as well. So I think that's wonderful. And obviously, I'm, I'm well, not obviously, but I'm from Kenya and Uganda is somewhere I've been and spent time in. And I think I think that's a, a really wonderful uh uh, wonderful endeavor um may, maybe the, d- depending on which leg and where my, i might might try and join you um and and on love ventures specifically can you just give us a bit of a breakdown kind of what are the funds under management um you know stages seed uh, series a but what sectors geographies what sort of check size do you guys uh, uh get involved with sure so uh we have around 15 million pounds in aum today uh we've launched three funds they've all been eis funds to date uh, we started very small. Our, our first fund was, was 1.7 million pounds, so it was it was wow. small, but it got us started. Uh, we invest at seed to Series A, so our first check is at seed stage. Um, we need to have demonstrable revenues and a business model that's working, and 10,000 pounds a month uh, minimum revenue to be able to invest. Uh, we Im- can follow on at Series A from those funds, but then um, that's it. That's that's where we specialise seed to Series A. Uh, our sectors are fintech, prop tech, and consumer tech, or how we spend our time and money. That's how we like to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, those are evolving slightly. That's been what we've done for the last three funds. That is evolving, obviously, as you'd expect the investment landscape to evolve. Uh, geographies, UK for now, because they're EIS funds, but we have plans to expand in due course into Europe. And our check size is 200 to 600,000 pounds, depending on whether we're leading around or not. Uh, if I look at fund two, we led seven out of 14 rounds, for example. Ah. So we took uh, board seats for those rounds, uh, either full investment director role or a board observer role. Um, whereas in fund one, we were just co-investing. Mm-hmm. The check size was only 175K and we just wanted to kind of get started. Um, so that's been our journey to date. Uh, we fully deployed two funds. So fund one has eight portfolio companies. Fund mm-hmm. two has 14. We are currently deploying from fund three and have done three to four investments so far. That's uh, that's incredible and, and lovely to kind of see that evolution from sort of a 1.7 million fund, which is like arguably just as hard to raise as a larger fund. In fact, probably harder because you're looking for smaller checks from a lot, lot more people uh, and potentially with limited track record. Um, but but uh, uh, taking that iterative approach, seeing what works and then and growing from there, I think that's that's uh, obviously the startup way. Uh, and if you were to talk about three ventures inside or outside your portfolio that you're really excited about, what, what would they be? Um, so I, I'll talk about one that's probably within our portfolios. I think it's, they're, they're exciting. So we've got one called uh, Banked, which we invested in from Fund One. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are leveraging open banking to build the rails for account-to-account payments. It was a company that was introduced to us by our fintech advisor, a gentleman called John Lunn, who worked at uh, PayPal, very mm-hmm. early employee into PayPal. Uh, we invested at the seed stage, and what was exciting is we knew that um, they were talking to large banks, and shortly after we invested, Bank of America led their Series A round. Got it. So that's exciting, because Bank of America is an organization that's current, kind of at the origin of payments, like the beginnings of Visa kind of came, came out of Bank of America. Mm. Um, moving on from there, Insight Partners led the Series A extension round at the end of last year. That's exciting. It's a very big 97 billion AUM uh, growth manager. 
they had also previously backed uh, Tink and exited to yep. Visa, so they have uh, good d domain expertise. Uh, and that company is now preparing their Series B. And we invested in May 21, so we're just two years on from there, nice. and they're already preparing their Series B. Um, so it's really exciting, and the company excited us because of the founders. So um, they had worked previously together. They've been in a, uh, an organization called 10X Banking, which they set up with um, Anthony Jenkins, who was previously chief exec of Barclays. So mm -hmm. deep domain expertise, um, really exciting founders. And uh, Brad Goodall, one of them, has now actually moved to Silicon Valley. So last year he moved out there because he wants to be able to leverage contacts in the US and go after the big US banks. Yeah. So as well as, ban as, well as Bank of America investing, uh, City have as well, and they want to build uh, the infrastructure and rails together with those banks. So that's very exciting. Uh, another one, which is a more recent one, is a company called Connect Earth. They are enabling carbon data analytics to help customers make better informed decisions. So they're deploying a B2B strategy where they're going after banks and they've already sold into several actually. Uh, it's a new area because obviously it's uh, something we all care about for the world. It's important. Um, I think it's where we're going, where we need to be going. It's something I also care about as well. I've, I've joined the board there in an observer capacity um, and really excited about this space because we do need to see where we are uh, spending our money, how it affects the planet, how you may, may be able to influence decisions that consumers are making to make uh, better choices. Um, I would say that that space, not them indirectly, but carbon generally is quite a busy space and mm. it's not to me obvious where all the winners are going to be right now. There's a, there's a hell of a lot of carbon accounting platforms out there for sure, yeah. There are, there are, there are loads. Um, we're excited about this one. We think they've got, again, a great founding team. They've mm. got deep domain expertise um, and for us, it was one of the first investments we made in this space, so that's exciting. And the third one gives you an inclination of what we have been doing previously, so it's a company called Circa 5000. The founders had met on a grad program in London. Uh, Co-founder Tom McGillicuddy went on to Wellington and worked in the Impact team. So they have developed an app and a platform for impact investing, mm -hmm. um, and they have recently, so just last week, launched five own branded ETFs on the London Stock Exchange. Wow. So that's exciting because then you can have those ETFs on the platform and invest in a circa 5,000 um, ETF. They can obviously distribute those through other platforms as well. And I think there's been a lot of greenwashing and it's important to distinguish impact from ESG and this team really know what they're doing because they've worked in impact. Um, and again, back to what I mentioned previously about Connect Earth, it's, again, quite a busy space. People want to do it, but I think to be able to back people who've got the domain expertise is pretty much the first tick that any investor would look for. Mm. You know, these are not people jumping on a bandwagon. These are people who've been doing it for several years. They've been deploying a, a, you know, a, a strategy which is very clear, um, and it's still reasonably early days. You know, your, your average investor, uh, retail investor, is probably still in, let's say, energy companies like Shell and BP and probably hasn't made a transition to maybe newer technologies, for example. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, f for me, actually, surprisingly, because, you know, if you if you think about fintech, prop tech, consumer tech, you know, both Connect Earth and, and Circa 5000, like, you know, th those are those are fintechs, but in a in a in a wholly different space to, to, to what traditional fintech might look like. Right. And I think that is what is for someone like me. That's very exciting. And my daughter just completed um, a degree in uh, conservation biology, ecology. Uh, we're trying to, you know, uh, educate her on, you know, how she should look after her future wealth. Um, but, you know, starting starting today and obviously, you know, 
being able to buy into an ETF that aligns with her values as an example is massively you know is is, is massively important to her and, and also to us um but marcus this this is excellent thank you so much uh, really appreciate your time and can't wait to get into some of these questions in uh, more detail in the main podcast 